questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And if you want to experience part two of tonight's show and every single one we have ever done, you know what to do by now. Just click on the subscribe button of our website. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or simply have feedback, you know that I always love to hear from you. Click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. In 2007, Garnet Schulhauser was confronted on the street by a homeless man named Albert, who was actually a wise spirit in disguise, an emissary from the spirit world. He is back with more divine inspiration for humanity, and he also has a new book titled Dance of Heavenly Bliss, and it's available now. His bio and website are linked at ours, and he joins us directly from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Hello, Garnet. Happy New Year, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? I find Mel. Thank you for having me, and uh, Happy uh, New Year and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you very much. And the first question I have for you, I uh, didn't know that Albert was back. Is Albert back in, what did he say? Let's begin with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, say again, Mel. Is Albert, Albert back in my life? Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. yes. Is Albert back in your life? How did he get into your life again? And let's talk about some of the lessons imparted upon you. Well, he came back, in the, which I detail in my third book. He came back again, as he did it for my second book, um, in astral form. And uh, as before, he just suddenly appears in my bedroom, sort of a, in uh, in astral form, uh, he, unannounced. He doesn't tell me when he's coming. And uh, as he did before the first time, he he says, come on, I'm going to take you on some astral trips. Um, I want you to see, meet some very wise souls on the spirit side. I want you to hear their stories. Um, I want to take you to other places in the universe. And I want you to meet some very interesting and fascinating uh, creatures uh, uh, on, our, on your planet that you may not be aware of. And he said, come on, let's go. He grabbed my astral hand as before, pulled my astral body out of my physical body, which was still laying as sound asleep in my bed. And away we went up through the ceiling and we rose up to the clouds and, uh, and away we went to begin our, our uh, second set of astral adventures, uh, which I detail in my third book, Dance of Heavenly Bliss. Well, I guess I asked you this question the last time, but let me just ask it again. You come from the legal world. You practice, you were a practicing attorney for many, many decades. Did you know about astral traveling? Did you know about all this esoteric world that waited for you just before you retired? No, I didn't actually. I was, I was, as I mentioned before, I was raised as a Roman Catholic, so I was indoctrinated with all of the dogmas and beliefs of the Catholic Church as a youngster. And then, as I sort of hit my thirties, I started to question a lot of the beliefs, and then I eventually ended up rejecting a lot of them. And I was then casting about for a new paradigm, a new, you know, a, a new set of beliefs to latch onto. Um, and that's where, sort of, uh, I was in this no man's land for the longest time. 
And that's when Albert showed up in my life with that one day in 2007. As I told you before, he sort of jumped into in front of me one day on the street as a homeless man. He was disguised as a homeless man to get my attention. Um, anyway, that led to uh, an initial dialogue I had with him. And then uh, from there, um, after that, which resulted in my first book, Dancing on a Stamp, then he came into my life the second time in, in astral form, which I detailed in my second book, Dancing Forever with Spirit. And, and so... Before I met Albert, no, I didn't know about astral travel. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't really have any information about uh, uh, about the spirit side. I mean, I was taught there was a heaven when I was a, a, a youngster growing up. Didn't know whether I could believe that or not. Uh, I didn't know, you know, whether what they had told me as a kid was all true or mostly untrue. Or and if it wasn't, then what was the truth? And so Albert was the guy who came along to answer all the big questions in life, and uh, in a way that was very startling for me initially. But but eventually, it just sort of uh, felt really true in my heart, and I knew that what he was telling me was the was the real goods. That's the way things are. It's been a few years since you wrote the first book, and since you retired. I have to ask you this also, former colleagues, family members, your wife, friends, they probably know that you have written th these books now. What has been the reception, if any, that they have given you after writing these books, knowing the Garnet from before? Yes, well, it's a bit of a mixed bag. My family, thank God, was very supportive. My wife is actually very uh, spiritual herself. And she's had some encounters uh, with people who her mother and father would pass on from, you know, from beyond the veil. Uh, so she's very much in tune with what I wrote about. So she's very supportive. Uh, my two sons were also very supportive. I'm not sure if they quite entirely uh, latch on to everything I've said in my books, but they, but they, they, they really support me in my effort at, at writing my books and, and, uh, and promoting them. Um, with my former colleagues, clients, uh, partners in the law, mixed bag, some of them have really shunned me. They just don't talk to me, and I suspect they think that I've gone senile early. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to and, laugh. And maybe, they, yeah. maybe they're true. I don't know. Maybe that's right. Uh, maybe I am. But, um, it, but, but a number of the other uh, my colleagues uh, have actually been supportive. Have sent me emails when I first my first book came out to say, "Good for you to have the courage to come out of the spiritual closet." Because this really was quite a change from what I was before. As a lawyer, I was a button-down, straight-laced, uh, stuff-shirt corporate lawyer. Uh, and so they never could have imagined in a million years that I could have uh, written the books that I did write uh, and, and, and in terms of what, what I described there and, and talking about the things that I talk about. So for them, it was uh, quite, a, quite a difference. And so a bit of a mis mixed bag. I've, I've lost some friends, but I've gained many more new ones, Mel. So overall, it's been a positive experience. No, welcome to the club. You you lose some and you gain some. And I, the reason why I asked you that is because I know a lot of people listen to us who are more or less in the same boat. Perhaps they're not attorneys, but they're, you know, land developers. And, and you listening to me uh, know exactly who I'm referring to. Attorneys, yes. doctors, and so on, who sometimes they keep it quiet. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're happy in their own skin. But there are many of them out there who keep it quiet and they have all this spiritual knowledge pent up and they're afraid to lose their clients, their customers, their business, their family members. And I think uh, your story gives him some inspiration to move forward and say, hey, you know what? This is the way it is. This is the information that has been given to me. If you want to believe it, that's fine. But this is my story and this is how I'd like to convey it to the world. Is that how you feel? 
No, absolutely. And it, it took a lot of uh, – I mean I had to struggle with the decision when I wrote the first manuscript about whether I would actually get it published. And, and it, 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 at times I had the thought of just throwing it into a drawer and never letting it see the light of day again. But then I, I just knew in my heart that if I didn't do it, I'd regret it for the rest of my life. And so I had to do it. I did it, and I've never looked back, and so I'm, I'm quite happy. But I understand, though, that people, professional people, uh, they, they, they have to project a certain image to you know for their clients. And I know, Mel, to be honest, I wouldn't have released my first book if I was still practicing law because I, I, my client, I, you know, I'd be afraid that my clients would all disappear and, and think that I've uh, lost my mind. So uh, it was easier for me. After I met Albert, I retired about a year later, and then it was easier because it, to me it was sort of like, okay, if my clients all shun me, it doesn't really matter anymore because I'm on a new path now. For those who are listening to you for the first time, new subscribers, uh, just know that we have two other radio programs that we have conducted with Garnet. You may want to look at the archives, but for those who are joining us for the first time about your story, you want to give them a, a minute or two summary of the story before we begin with the new material. Right. Well, it was 2007. I was still practicing law. I was walking down the street one day, and all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, a homeless man jumped in front of me, who I'd never seen before. And um, he looked like a typical homeless man, except that he had these amazing, dazzling, sparkling blue eyes that were penetrating deep within me, and I felt that he knew everything about me. And at the same time, he was sending me this wave of pure, unconditional love that was infusing my body with an amazing feeling of peace and security and well-being. So it's quite an amazing feeling. And I stood there like a deer caught in the headlights until he said to me, why are you here? And then he promptly disappeared into a nearby store. When I went into the store to try to find him, he had disappeared. He had gone. I went back out on the street to try to find him, but he had disappeared into thin air. It was nowhere to be seen. The next day, I went back to the same street at the very same time. And after searching for 10 or 15 minutes, I finally spotted him sitting on a bench all by himself. And I went up to him and I said, who are you and why are why did you stop me the other day? And he said, I'm a soul just like you. I'm here to help you on your journey and to answer your questions. And that was the beginning of the dialogue I had with him that went off and on for the next several months. And he told me his name was Albert and he was really one of my spirit guides in disguise. And he had come to confront me to answer all my questions and to coax me into writing a book about his revelations. He wanted his answers to be available to everyone. And so after a, a bit of gentle persuasion, I eventually succumbed and I wrote my first uh, manuscript for Dancing on a Stamp. Uh, and so that was the beginning of my, uh, of, of my adventures with Albert. And then, as I mentioned, he came back into my life later in astro form and took me on some astro adventures to, uh, to meet some very interesting people. And, and every one of these was designed to provide a lesson for me and for all humanity or give us a nugget of wisdom. It wasn't for my entertainment. It was there to, uh, to, for, for me to write about so that, uh, in his view, so that other humans would be able to latch on to what he was saying and, and, and try to uh, uh, help themselves on their move along on the road to spiritual enlightenment, which is what he wants all humans to, 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 to go. To, you know, his goal is to try to get everyone to uh, become more uh, more conscious of, of who they are and to become more spiritually enlightened and to embrace love and compassion and reject negative emotions like uh, fear, anger, and hate. So that's what his mission. I'm just one of his messengers. Especially fear. All you have to do is turn on the TV, and, and I always joke when I say that the news anchor says, good evening, and then 30 seconds later, you'll know why it's not a good evening with all the fear. So... Disconnect yourself from all that fear, folks, and believe me, your life will be so much better. If you cannot control, if you have no control over things, 
Why worry about them? Surrender to, to it. And I'm not saying this so that we can just dig our heads in the sand. That's not what I mean. But there's so much worry and, and fear all the time. And when you come to the end of the day and you go to uh, go to bed to sleep, you realize, you know, why was I worrying all day long? Let me just go to sleep and wake up and then I'll deal with it the next morning. But some of the things that you learned in the last two books, and I think on this third one too, is that not only is it for humanity, but you're seeing things through the the eyes, if you will, of the animal kingdom. And remember your conversation about the the uh, your miniature schnauzer that you told me that you you came home from work, you know, all tired, and you just would ignore the dog. And after the dog passed away, apparently you get the the thought that you knew that he wanted your attention. So now in this occasion, you actually went on an astral travel to visit a killer whale locked up in an aquarium. What message did she give you? Well, it was a very interesting encounter. And I was traveling astrally with Albert, and we went to this aquarium in uh, the, uh, in uh, California. Killer whale was locked up, uh, had been there for a while, and we communicated by telepathy. And I found out that she was a very intelligent, sensitive, empathetic creature. And in some ways, uh, you know, she was more intelligent in, in some areas, more intelligent than humans. Was it SeaWorld? Uh, I'm not going to name it. Okay. No. <laughs> I won't name it. You can pretty much figure sure, out which, sure. which one it would be. Um, and, uh, you know, she said that the whales and, and dolphins uh, like her um, – they're all very intelligent. They communicate with each other by telepathy. Um, and, and all they want in this world is to live in peace and harmony with humans. Uh, they, don't, they don't mean us any harm. They, they, want, they, they want to live side by side with us. They really wish, though, it, this was her message to me, that humans would stop abusing them, stop you know, uh, hunting them in, in, uh, in, in whaling ships and uh, trapping them in nets and, 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 and imprisoning them in concrete uh, aquariums and pools um, and uh, stop uh, harming them with our pollution. Um, you know, like to them, uh, you know, humans are really sort of a, a, a bad blot on the, on the face of the earth because, because we, we do, we've, we're very invasive. We carry on as though we're the only creatures that matter on our planet. And so a lot of the times we, uh, we end up really abusing other creatures, especially whales and dolphins. We're getting better at, at stopping that. But she says, you know, like, you know, look at me. I, I want to just roam freely in the, in the blue waters of the Pacific. I don't want to be in this aquarium to perform silly tricks for spectators who don't seem to care about my plight. I really want to be released. I, I was born in the wild. I was captured. I want to go back there again. And I really, you know, she said, take your message to my, to your fellow humans that, you know, it, it's not good to imprison these animals. Let them roam free uh, and, and, you know, stop hunting them, you know, uh, stop uh, catching them in your, in your traps or, or you're your, or getting them caught in the nets that you have for, 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 to catch other fishes, you, you know, and stop polluting our water because that's the place that we live and, and you know, the, the environment that, that you guys live in. I mean, you're polluting your own, your own home, which not only hurts you, but hurts us as well. So her plea was very heartfelt. She really wanted to, uh, to you know, hope that, hopefully that humans could turn around, change their ways, stop their pollution and stop, you know, capturing and abusing, uh, you know, killer whales, other whales, dolphins and, and any other creatures that, that are in the same plight on our planet. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the story because when I go to aquariums now, you see the beauty of these animals. 
but then you probably go to certain areas of the aquarium underground and you see this big glass where all the children congregate and they see these these different, you know, whales, dolphins, porpoise. And sometimes I get them coming close to my my face and I start thinking in my mind, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And for some reason you get the feeling that they, they know what you're thinking and they're saying, yeah, we're, we're really here imprisoned and they try to do the best they can with the habitat that was has been given to them. But same thing is happening to people going to circus. They see these, these animals, the lions, uh, uh, the, 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 the apes and so on. And less and less people are attending circuses. And I think people are waking up to this. Same thing with, with bullfights. I used to go to bullfights before. And then all of a sudden, one day I realized, what's wrong with me? Why am I doing this? Do you think this is happening around the world? People are realizing that a zoo should not be there. If we want to go see them, we can actually see them in the periphery of their habitat or, or perhaps a reservation, somewhere where they can actually grow, thrive, and evolve. Well, I think that's very true. I think people are becoming more and more aware. And it really breaks my heart as well to go to the, a zoo and to see, you know, a lion or a tiger or elephant, whatever, you know, locked up in a small enclosure. I mean, those creatures are just, you know, they were born to live free in their own habitat. And they, and they, I, I just know they can't be happy locked up there where people will, you know, just ogle them every day and, and, uh, and and point fingers at them and, and, and you know and, and say wow look at that animal I mean it, it's not I mean they weren't put on this earth to amuse humans uh, and, and and we're very wrong if we think that's the case so I really think that people are really get, becoming more aware of the fact that animals do have feelings they're not just dumb creatures that are put there for our amusement I mean they they have feelings they have emotions and they were they were they should be allowed to roam free in their own environment it's okay for humans to observe them i mean if you want to see a lion you know uh, go to some big uh, 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 game reserve, reserve or, right. or go to africa and see them in their natural habitat where they're free to roam but you can still watch them or watch some videos of them you get get pretty good idea of what they are by watching videos but but putting them into a small cage in a zoo that's just wrong i think and whether it's a a lion or a killer whale or a dolphin or whoever and, and i think that you know more and more humans really are becoming more aware of this and anybody who has a who has a pet a cat or a dog knows very well that they have feelings they have emotions and they can be happy they can be sad they can be despondent uh you know they can be afraid uh, and, and so they're not very much dissimilar from humans i mean we have more highly developed intellects uh but but in a lot of ways they are they're, they're very advanced in some ways more advanced than us and and they actually hear and see more things than we we give them credit for and so we so once we recognize that um i think we have to just move forward and and try to unlock all the caged animals and then try to really stop abusing them because we humans are just we're, we're very abusive to the other creatures on our planet and it's really a sad story you know i'm in arizona where it gets so so hot in the summer and i remember sometimes going to the zoo here taking our daughter and seeing a polar bear 115 degrees and i know they keep climate cool in, in the in the area where that polar bear is but it makes no sense that you see the cacti around the the area and you see this polar bear that should be somewhere in the in the arctic and not here in the desert 
Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And it just, it, it, as I said, it, it really breaks my heart to see these animals uh, in, in those kind of conditions. And you just got to think sooner or later, somebody's going to say, okay, let's just let them all go free back to where their natural uh, habitat is. Let them enjoy their lives on Earth and uh, and stop making them a, a, a spectacle for humans to uh, to observe in, in, a, in a way that makes them confined. And Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.